Welcome to the 5 o'clock show. It's time for common sense. Now, it's Cats and Cosby with John Katsimatidis and Rita Cosby standing for truth, justice, and the American way. Bringing common sense to the world. Now, here's John Katsimatidis and Rita Cosby. And welcome to Cats and Cosby, a big, big news day. Uh, John Katz may be joining us a little bit. He is traveling. And boy, what a huge news day it is. Joining us is Judge Richard Weinberg and also Craig Eaton, former Brooklyn GOP chair. And news just breaking now uh, that New York City Mayor Eric Adams is calling for modifying the sanctuary city Status, I say, where have you been all this time, Craig Eaton? Reader, I have a question. How many people need to be brutally assaulted, raped, and murdered before the governor, the mayor, and the president start to get the message here? I mean, right now we're getting close to election, so the, the, the president said, we're going to get tougher on the border, and the mayor is saying, we're going to close the sanctuary city. It's too little too late. I mean, look at all these people. How do you get all the people that came into America out of America. How do you send them back? It's disgusting. And by the way, some details just breaking you guys uh, in this case of this Georgia nursing student. We're finding out uh, this beautiful woman goes for a jog, as we know, and she gets a, you know, the guy who's accused of it is a guy who crossed illegally from Venezuela. We're finding out not did he only have an issue and an arrest when he crossed the border illegally because they put him out on parole. He had the endangering a minor in Queens, New York. Now it turns out he had another case of shoplifting in Georgia in October. And the details are horrific. It turns out he disfigured her skull. He brutalized this woman when he killed her, dragged her to the woods. She was trying to call 911 frantically. He avoided her doing that. He was apparently, this guy is an animal. And Judge Weinberg, how many cases like this do we need? Far too many have happened. We shouldn't have this anymore. I have an easy solution if the members of Congress want to take my suggestion, which is, if you're an illegal immigrant, you're violating the law, you should be prosecuted, you should do jail time for it, then you're deported. You come back a second time, you increase the penalties. So the first time you, you're illegal, it's five years in jail. Second time, 10 years. Third time, 15 years. Deporting too easy. That's right. So a simple deportation is not enough. You do your jail time, and then you get deported. And if you keep coming back as a recidivist, then you keep increasing the penalties. Well, you have to keep these people off the streets. But, but I got a better suggestion, Judge. If you come here illegally and you commit a crime, there's no second bite at the apple. You get deported. You can't come back to America. You should but never that, enough no, is but enough. That's saying you can't come them. back. They are not vetting them. That's yeah, the problem. They're but, saying come one, come all. They have no idea what their criminal history is. But, but reader, it's a perfect storm. There's, there's no the judges, the police, and the prosecutors are handcuffed. So the immigrants commit crimes, they get arrested, they get out the next day, there's no bail, there's discovery reform. We can't do anything as citizens except watch the torment and the murders and the rapes go on. You Craig know what we exactly can do? Right. We can close the border. And we have to. the president who is not doing, but, he could do that but, in a heartbeat. But you know what, and he isn't, Craig. But, That's the point. But you know what the problem is? Even if we close the border, think of the tens of thousands of the people here that are terrorists that are already plotting against America. It's not a matter of if, it's just a matter of when we're going to get attacked on our soil. 
and they're already here. How are we going to get rid of them? They're here already. They're hiding. They're meeting overseas. They're they're putting them in camps now and teaching them what to do. Yeah, ten million. We People are have in come in such under a this disaster. President. We are in such a disaster here, and I don't see how we fix it. How do we fix it, Judge? Well, first thing is you close the border immediately. Yep. You start increasing the sanctions I just articulated, and then you have to do a real sweep to find out where these people are and get them out of here. And, and here's, here, by the way, here is what uh, the mayor said, uh, guys, um, and both of you guys are great attorneys, so I want to get your perspective. It says, we should not be allowing people who are repeatedly committing crimes to remain here, and we cannot collaborate uh, with ICE in the process. So he's calling for more collaboration with ICE and saying that if you commit a crime, you should be deported. I'll make it simpler. Okay. There should no such thing constitutionally as a sanctuary city. It's a violation of their oath of office. There was an executive order issued by Andrew Cuomo when he was governor about sanctuary cities status statewide. That should be rescinded. Governor Hoko can do it by a stroke of the pen. She should do it. With respect to President Biden, he rescinded all Trump's border executive orders. They should all be reinstated. And then you have to double back and get rid of the people here illegally. And by the way, I agree with Mayor Adams. Recidivism is a problem. As far as I'm concerned, once is enough. Yeah, I agree with Once you. Is enough. I agree with you. Well, let's bring in Alan Dershowitz, Professor Alan Dershowitz. I want to also talk with you about the Fannie Willis case. I'm sure you've been listening to this news that just broke that now Mayor Eric Adams is looking at a supporting a modification in the quote sanctuary city status. Your thoughts real quick. Sanctuary cities are unconstitutional. The Supremacy Clause requires every city to follow the law of the United States. You can't have separate immigration approaches in different cities. We are one country when it comes to the border and immigration, and sanctuary city is just not constitutionally permissible. So I think they ought to be, all the sanctuary city resolutions ought to be rescinded. There's no sanctuary from law violation. If people don't think the law has been violated, fine. But you can't give sanctuary status to uh, to uh, people who have broken the law, federal law particularly. And we're hearing it over and over again, Professor Dershowitz, uh, this case of this guy in Georgia who killed the nursing student. Yeah, horrible, uh, oh, horrible. And, and now we just found out he was arrested for shoplifting in October, yeah. uh, endangering a minor in New York. And then he crosses the border, as we know, the year before that. And then here he is killing this woman and savagely killing this woman. I mean, this is a this to me is a classic case. I agree. And I think it's going to be a big issue in the upcoming elections, uh, because, you know, often it's one killing like the George Floyd killing that kind of represents a problem. And people can identify and see the one killing more than they can an abstract problem. So I think this this killing, this horrible killing of this wonderful nurse student is going to be that case, much the way George Floyd was a case uh, involving um, uh, police um, overactions. Yeah, I agree. Uh, Professor Alan Dershowitz also. Uh, go ahead, Judge Weinberg. Alan, I want to ask you about this. The reports that Alvin Bragg, the Manhattan District Attorney, is going to seek a gag order against President Trump in a forthcoming criminal trial. What are your thoughts on that? Well, it depends on the nature of the gag order. Their gag orders have been upheld if they deal with jurors, if they deal with threatening witnesses, um, but they have not been upheld um, if they um, uh, uh, more broadly uh, apply. Now, for example, in this case, 
um, it would apply to, for example, Cohen. But Cohen has just attacked Trump. Um, and why and you can't have a gag order that would that would apply to Trump, but not to Cohen. And and I'm not sure the court has the power uh, to impose a gag order on Cohen or any of the other witnesses. But you can't have a one way street where one person is allowed to attack the other, but the defendant is not allowed to answer. So there are all kinds of problems. By the way, speaking of uh, can't answer, uh, you and I were talking earlier, Professor Dershowitz. This was an astounding hearing today in Georgia. This is the Fannie Willis case. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Of course, she's the one with the RICO case against Trump. And she's yeah. on trial, uh, you know, to whether she should be disqualified. There's the hearing on whether her and her lover. Today was the attorney for Nathan Wade, um, this guy, Terrence Bradley. I, I found yeah. it remarkable. I can't wait to get your take, Professor Dershowitz, because this well, guy, well, and I want to explain who he is, first of all, because he's the, he's the attorney for, uh, Nathan Wade, and Nathan Wade had a conversation with him saying that he had a relationship with Fannie Willis, but somehow the guy had amnesia a lot today. Well, first of all, if you watch it on CNN, which I have to tell you, nobody should ever watch. If you watch it on CNN, it's as if it didn't happen. CNN said, all the commentators said, and then there was an article on CNN just now saying nothing happened in the court. Nothing happened. There was no testimony. That's uh, incredible. There was no, it was, this was a smoking gun. You have a guy who writes texts to the opposing lawyer saying, I know the relationship began uh, before he said they began. And then because he was afraid that uh, he would get his friend in trouble, suddenly he forgets everything and says, I was just speculating. Uh, no reasonable person could believe this witness. It's impossible, except CNN. If it's if it's um, anti-Trump, they're going to believe it. If it's uh, it's just just it's uh, they're, they're going to they 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 make it up as they go along. But you know it's hard because we're watching it with our own eyes, and then CNN is saying to us, "Who are you going to believe, us or your lying eyes?" Uh, it was I couldn't believe what the CNN commentators. We're saying, but the one thing good about CNN, whatever a CNN legal commentator says, do the opposite, and you'll be right. That was a, that's amazing every time. But by the way, I want I want to let people know, and they write their scripts, yeah, because it's important. Is because if he can say that the relationship started before she hired him, and she hired him uh, November first, twenty twenty one, and this guy, what I found unbelievable was he said, oh, yeah, there was one discussion with Nathan Wade. It was in a back room. He described it. You could you could almost see he was almost describing it was sunny out. It was a Tuesday. But I can't remember the exact date, like because the reason is if he can come out and say that it happened before he was hired, then both of them lied on the stand, which is a huge issue, Professor Dershowitz. That's a big problem. Well, it's career ending. It's career ending. Uh, And um, if they lied. Uh, they ought to be prosecuted. There ought to be a special prosecutor appointed from outside of Fulton County to look into the possible criminal conduct of both uh, Forney Willis and and Wade. I personally believe, my opinion, they both committed perjury on the stand. I believe this guy today, the lawyer, um, uh, made up stories about him remembering and not remembering. But there are emails, there are texts, in which he basically says, yeah, the relationship began earlier. And then he says, well, I speculated. Maybe I lied. Maybe I made it up. 
a reasonable fact finder is not going to find that that's truthful. I'm really interested to see what this judge does, because it's very hard for a judge who sits in Fulton County to look the DA in the eye and say, I think you're a perjurer. I mean, that's a career-ending statement. So I just don't know what he's going to do. I suspect he's going to find an appearance of impropriety and disqualify Nathan Wade, but allow her to stay on because he doesn't want to disqualify her own office. He's going to try to split the difference that way, and that won't be right. No, the that whole, won't everybody be. Everybody should be disqualified. Here's yeah. uh, Craig Professor, Eaton. this is Craig Eaton. You know, it, Hi, the Craig. funny thing is, the more that they prosecute Trump, or should I say persecute Trump, the stronger he gets. His numbers yeah. keep going up, and you have all these cases. You got an eighty-three million dollar judgment against him. Now you got a four hundred and fifty-four million dollar judgment against him, and they keep trying to attack him and prosecute him and corner him. And he just gets stronger and stronger. It's just, it's yeah. amazing. Well, we'll see what happens in the general election. That's yeah. true, certainly in the yeah. primaries. Yeah. Yeah. In the general election, if he's convicted, the polls do suggest that he may lose some independent voters, and that's why there shouldn't be any of these trials prior to the election because there wouldn't be the appeal and then you'd have a conviction then he loses voters and then it's reversed on appeal that's just not there it really does constitute indirect election interference yeah, I agree absolutely. with you 100%, 100%. But you know what's interesting? Uh, what um, Professor Dershowitz just said, Judge Weinberg, that uh, that he thinks that this judge at the end of the day may try to split the difference. Your thoughts with the professor? Well, I think Professor Dershowitz is making a good point. This judge has to sit in that county and he has to deal with that office. But that's I, not the reason to vote that way. No, no, I, I'm saying he shouldn't do that. And if I was similarly situated, I know I would do what I thought was the right thing to do regardless. Yeah. But, you know, the judges have political ambitions, too. They want to go to higher courts. They yeah, want to go to appellate courts. They they want to work and be collegial. So that's a, a real problem. The point about being a judge is supposed to be above this, and you try to do the right thing. And impartial. I, well, and impartial, of know, course. The, the Bible says to judges, do not recognize faces. Lo takir panim in the Hebrew. Do not ever do justice based on who the person is. And judges have to comply with that. I agree. Uh, what, yeah. Let's see what uh, what he ends up doing because the hearing yeah. is later this week. Uh, Professor yeah. Dershowitz, thank you so much, and congrats oh, again on the great success of your book, War Against the Jews. Um, thank you. So thank important. You so thank you, thank Professor you Dershowitz. We love having you here. And now let's go to Congressman Mike Lawler. Uh, Congressman, so great to have you here on Cats and Cosby. This is Rita Cosby. Of course, we have Judge Richard Weinberg and Craig Eaton. Uh, Congressman, your reaction to this big, huge news that Mayor Eric Adams looks like he is wanting to modify the sanctuary city status to essentially say that migrants who commit serious crimes should be deported and the city should be able to communicate with the federal ICE agents. Too little, too late? Well, look, I've been calling on this for years. Uh, The sanctuary city policy uh, is a disaster. Uh, There should be no sanctuary cities in America. Uh, We should adhere to and enforce our immigration laws. And this is why we are dealing with a crisis from the border to New York City and everywhere in between. Uh, Mayor Adams uh, is is headed in the right direction, but he needs to rip the Band-Aid off and just call it for what it is. This is a stupid policy that should be repealed. And you know what? He's got to be willing to go toe-to-toe with the city council uh, and, frankly, the governor. The governor 
you know, the prior governor, Andrew Cuomo, made New York a sanctuary state. Uh, and Kathy Hochul has done nothing to reverse that. And in fact, she's doubling down. She's cutting state school aid to send billions of dollars to New York City uh, to help deal with the migrant crisis. The bottom line is this. We have to end sanctuary cities. We have to end the right to shelter being interpreted to mean that free housing needs to be provided to illegal immigrants. We have to stop using taxpayer money to provide billions in free housing, health care, education, clothing, food to illegal immigrants. Uh, these these debit cards that are being given out, $15,000 debit cards, it's absurd. Uh, we need to actually enforce our laws. We need to coordinate and cooperate with immigration and customs officials. And so Eric Adams is making a step in the right direction. But frankly, he needs to go a lot further than that. Yeah, I agree. Uh, Congressman Mike Lawler, Judge Weinberg. Um, Mike, I want to raise this issue with you, which has been troubling me for a long time. There was a case out west in, in the Ninth Circuit in which the United States Court of Appeals said that it may be a violation of uh, the Eighth Amendment against cruel punishment by banning these public homeless shelters that they make themselves, these uh, homeless cities that they create, their own tent cities. Now, I believe that you can't have a civilized society if you allow the homeless to take over public spaces. My problem is that this is a methodology that a lot of cities across the country, particularly in Democratic cities, have allowed these people to do. This has to be stopped. What are your thoughts? Well, the, 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 uh, what has happened in major cities across this country, from San Francisco to Austin to Chicago to New York to D.C., uh, is an abomination. Uh, and it is not helping these individuals uh, who are homeless, many of them struggling with mental health issues or substance uh, use disorder. We need to help folks uh, who are homeless uh, to, if they need treatment, if they need mental health counseling, to get the support that they need and get them back on their feet. Just putting them in a situation when they're living in these homeless encampments uh, where, you know, you have a situation, uh, health and safety situations, uh, you know, is outrageous. And this has been a major problem. Uh, you know, frankly, Bill de Blasio uh, created a, a crisis in New York City with some of the policies that he put in place in dealing with the homelessness. Uh, and, it, and it has just manifested itself across this country uh, to a point uh, where it is a real uh, crisis. And I don't, for the life of me, understand how people think uh, it helps somebody who is homeless, who may be in need of a job, who may be in need of uh, substance uh, use treatment, who may be in need of mental health counseling, to leave them on the street like this uh, in these encampments uh, where you have all sorts of, of issues, including uh, health and safety uh, and well-being issues, and, and it needs to be stopped. I agree. By the way, they just need to say they're migrants, and then yeah. they'll get free yeah. housing and anything a four-star hotel. Anything they want. But Mike, that, Mike yeah. this is Craig Eaton. You know, what's even more troubling to me is the fact that our veterans are suffering here. People that went, risked their lives for our country and for our freedoms are suffering and losing benefits because we're giving money to all these migrants that came in. It's disgraceful. Well, it's, even wor- it's even worse than that, Craig. When... Uh, Immigration and customs officials 
detain someone who has serious medical challenges uh, at the border, they transfer them to the nearest hospital and uh, and release them to the care of the hospital. Uh, and the uh, health care gets charged to the VA health system. It is absolutely insane. Uh, so this whole uh, situation uh, from start to finish needs to be addressed. We are a welcoming country. I've said many times my wife is an immigrant. Uh, this is not about being against immigration. We want people who want to come here to be able to participate in our society, to contribute to our communities, our economy, our culture. But there has to be a process. And what is happening right now is an absolute catastrophe uh, that Joe Biden uh, has allowed to manifest under his leadership. Uh, nearly 10 million migrants have crossed our southern border, most of them illegally, 90 percent released into our country because of his disastrous policies. It needs to stop. Yeah. And uh, yeah, here he is and saying, oh, I'm going to go to the border. Uh, it It is such hogwash when we see the reality of what they have not done for three years. Uh, the only thing they have done is lift those executive orders that Trump had in place, I, I, Congressman. I mean, with all with all due respect, what is Kamala Harris going to give him a tour of the border? Uh, she couldn't <laughs> find her way down there for three years. She's been an abject failure as the as the liaison to dealing with the crisis at our border. Uh, and you know, this president uh, is responsible for this crisis. He reversed a lot of the policies by executive action of the prior administration, yep. which actually brought down the number of crossings to below 400,000 a year. It has exploded under Joe Biden because of his policies. And you have people like Kathy Hochul trying to blame House Republicans, saying, you broke it, you own it. Uh, no, this has been broken by Joe Biden and exacerbated by the stupid policies enacted in New York State and New York City, including sanctuary city policies. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Congressman Mike Lawler, thank you very much. We appreciate it. Always great to have you thank on. You, Mike. Mike, thank great you, Mike. Great talking to you, my friend. Thank you very much. And let's go to a break real quick, you guys. And coming up, we have Steve Moore, who's going to explain why if you go to Wendy's at a certain time, uh, you may pay more, like kind of how Uber does surge pricing. Welcome to Wendy's. <laughs> it's a stunning after the break. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, click Granger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. A common sense recap of the day's biggest stories. It's John Katsimatidis and Rita Cosby. Cats and Cosby on 77 WABC. And welcome back to Cats and Cosby. We continue now with Judge Richard Weinberg and also Craig Eaton, former Brooklyn GOP chair. And we are bringing in now one of the great economists out there. He also is the host of More Money, and we always want more, more, more of Steve Moore. His show is 1 o'clock on Saturdays here on WABC. And Steve, first off, did you hear this about Wendy's? Wendy's, mm-hmm. uh, the fast food chain, is planning Uber-style 
surge pricing when burger prices fluctuate? In other words, like when it's a high demand time, you got to pay more. That's crazy. Well, you know, this is just another example of how Biden inflation is just killing people. And, you know, it used to be you could get a remember that in the good old days, you know, you could get for six dollars, you could get the Big Mac meal. And now it's like twelve dollars or 14, in some cases, 16 dollars. So fast food restaurants have been dramatically raising their prices. And, you know, I don't think the villain here is Wendy's. They're trying to figure out, you know, these, you know, I have friends who own fast food uh, restaurant, um, you know, restaurants, you know, and the typical one makes, they don't make a huge amount of money. You know, they make maybe $8,000 a year on, on one of those franchises and they have very slim margins. And when you have higher costs of everything that what, what else are these companies going to do? So it's Biden's policies. And remember he came in and spent $6 trillion. We didn't have printed the money. It caused massive inflation and, and small businesses. And by the way, these are small franchises. They're getting killed. And, and did you see, I know, you know, this food prices up the highest in 30 years right now. That is an enormous, we all feel it, whether you go to a Wendy's or you go to a grocery yeah. store, but you know who Biden's blaming? He's blaming the business owners. He's the saying business, it's yeah. your fault. Right. And he's blaming them. Gee, here's going after shrinkflation too, saying, uh, well, you know, yeah. you guys are ripping off consumers as opposed to saying maybe my policies created this. Well, that's exactly right. And, you know, uh, you rem- do you remember when he re- he blamed the high gas prices on the gasoline stations? <laughs> it's got to be yeah. Trump. Yeah. Everything is Trump. If it rains today, it's Trump. Yeah. You know, now here. Here, let me just want to say one other thing. I just did an analysis looking at, um, you know, what has happened since uh, Biden left office to today in terms of inflation rates. But I looked at specific products. OK, Rita. So I looked at, for example, the average for food. They're up twenty three and a half percent in three years. That's those are Jimmy Carter numbers. Then I looked at uh, energy costs. Those are up 26 to 28 percent. Then I looked at what's the average mortgage payment on a 30 year mortgage. That, those are up 60 percent. Utility bills up 25 percent. So people are getting crushed by this. And the idea that the Biden inflation is behind us. I don't believe that. Do you? Uh, yeah, I don't. Um, and Judge Weinberg, I just Steve, I just want to correct one thing for the record. You said since Biden Left office instead of mentally. That's a, that's a Freudian, that's a Freudian <laughs> slip. That's, that's a wishful thinking. That's wishful thinking. Thank you for correcting me, Judge. You're a good judge there, and you you, you listen carefully. <laughs> what By, Steve, Steve, did you hear what I said? Biden. I said mentally. He left office. Yeah, right. <laughs> but so here's the thing. Yeah, I mean, it's uh, just to be clarified. I meant when he entered office, and when Donald Trump left office, that's January 2021. The spice is high, and I've said this a thousand times on your show, Rita. But I'm going to say it again. When Trump left office, the inflation rate was below 2%, and Biden took up to 9.1%. Now we're running 4%, and it's causing real hardship. And this is why, I mean, you keep reading the New York Times and the Washington Post, CNN, gee, why are people so angry? Why are they not loving the economy? Because they're getting crushed by it. Yeah, if you're if you're a multimillionaire, you're probably doing pretty well, but not for working class people who are struggling paycheck to paycheck. And that's why, by the way, every time I get into an Uber or, you know, deal with a delivery person or somebody who's working on a construction project and they tell me I love Donald Trump because he cares about the working man and woman. Uh, Craig Eaton. Steve, how you doing? Um, the other thing Hi. we're seeing Macy's planning to shutter 150 yeah. Of its yeah. names. I mean, I, I grew up shopping at Macy's. You know what I'm saying? I my, know. my parents, my grandparents. 
It's an I. They're an icon. I mean, what's going to happen? All these stores. I mean, you go into Walgreens, you go into these supermarkets. Everything is locked up in New York City. You can't even get you know anything out of the uh, deodorant. You can't even get deodorant off the shelf. It's disgraceful what's going on. By the way, Craig, did you see in San Francisco, you guys? uh, This is true. uh, A retailer is actually assigning a customer representative with every customer (laughs) because they're afraid of shoplifting. How? I mean, how can anybody do business? How how far we've gone down in this country? How far we've gone down? You're gonna have you're gonna have concierge shopping, right? Yeah. <laughs> at the at the at the, uh, at the uh, Walgreens. Um, look, the economy is is not in good shape right now, and it just it doesn't feel stable. People understand that we've the only way that we've kept this economy going is through this massive amount of borrowing. And everyone knows you can't keep doing that. Then you have the higher inflation. And then you mentioned the crime rates. And and the thing is, you know, I was listening to what you guys were saying. You had a fascinating conversation about it's almost laughable that the Democrats want to blame the border crisis on Trump. Because, for one thing, he was president for four years. And I don't remember us having a border crisis. Yeah, but, 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 universe. But you know what, Steve? The bigger problem, the bigger problem we're going to see, the, the trickle down is – 150 Macy's stores. There's the, Macy's yeah. is the anchor yeah. store in yeah. a lot of these strip malls around the country. Macy's yeah. goes out of business. The strip mall suffers because no one's coming to that strip it. mall. No one's coming to that shopping mall yeah. anymore. So it's going to be a trickle-down problem with all the other retail stores. It's going to be disastrous. Yeah, that's a great point. Oh, they're the they're the hell. They're the anchor. Yeah. They're the anchor. People come to Macy's, yeah. so you want to put Then they have abandoned yeah. properties yeah. Yeah. from the strip malls. I, I'll, yeah. tell you, I'll tell you something else that I'm really worried about is, you know, commercial real estate is in big, big trouble right uh-huh. now. We have. I live in uh, suburban Washington and in, in, in Maryland, and in Bethesda, Maryland, there was a, a building. Marita, I'm not making this up. A big real estate developer bought it uh, like five or six years ago for 120 million dollars. You know what it just sold for? What? 40 million. 40 oh million. my God! Wow. And that guess what? That's going to hurt the developers, but also, who do you think holds that loan? The banks do. You know, you know what I think? Um, I think maybe that person is the same person who decided that Mar-a-Lago is worth 18 million. (laughs) (laughs) You know, I was talking to, I know we're running out of time. I was talking to President Trump with a friend of mine. And, you know, he's a, he's a pretty rich guy, too. And he was joking with Trump. He said, hey, uh, Mr. President, I'll buy that property from you for $15 million. And he said, sorry, it's worth 60 times that amount. I know. We should all go in. I will all buy it for $19 million, $18 million and $1, and then we'll flip it, and, and, and we'll live on some islands, you know? Um, it tells you, by the way, what a great businessman that guy is. Do you know he bought that for $10 million in 1985 and is per, per currently valued at probably somewhere near two hundred. 150 to 300 million. Wow, that's amazing. Except if Justice Engron. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Steve Moore, thank you very much. Everybody, tune in to more money on Saturdays. Exactly. 1 p.m. Thanks so much, Steve. We love you. Thank you. And now, here are some of the big headlines. Top news of the day, sponsored by Goya. Here's Rita Cosby. Well, as you heard on Cats and Cosby, the relationship between D.A. Fannie Willis and the special prosecutor and Donald Trump's RICO election interference case in Georgia is front and center again today. Special prosecutor Nathan Wade's former law partner, Terrence Bradley, testified. He told the court somehow he just couldn't remember 
Exactly. When his client's romantic relationship started with the DA, defendants in the case say Willis is compromised and that she needs to be removed from the proceedings. It's primary day in Michigan, and that comes after former President Trump easily defeated Nikki Haley in her home state of South Carolina. We're going to be talking with former Congressman Pete Huckstra in a second. And he has some new details on what Biden and Trump can expect tonight and Nikki Haley. Also, President Biden says a ceasefire in Gaza could happen before next week. Speaking to reporters yesterday as he was eating vanilla ice cream, he said that National Security Advisor Jake Sullivan tells him that it is close but not done yet. And those are your Goya top, top, top stories of the day. We love our great Goya beans and just Goya has the best products out there anywhere. And everybody coming up on Cats and Cosby, we're going to be talking about the big primary and also more on Eric Adams claiming maybe there are some changes to Sanctuary City. Some big details, a lot more coming up. You're commuting home with Cats and Cosby. Now here's John Katsimatidis and Rita Cosby on 77 WABC. And we are back here on Cats and Cosby, uh, the big primary tonight in Michigan. And there's word, because it's the Republican and the Democratic primary, uh, that the person who may get the most votes on the Democratic side is not Joe Biden, but, quote, not committed, because there are a lot of folks there in Michigan who are upset with his policies supporting Israel, even though there's a lot of questions about that. Uh, and we're going to be going to our guest in a moment, former Congressman Pete Huxra. But I understand John Katzenmatidis is calling in uh, from London. Uh, John, great to have you. Well, uh, you know, I wanted to call in and uh, you guys, you, you're doing a great job. I've been listening to the show for the last uh, uh, 20 minutes and uh, I'm here to observe. Awesome. Well, John, we are thrilled that you're here. How was London? And and what's the latest? Give us the give us the well, mood. What are the are they shaking their heads going what's going on in New York and America? Well, you know, it was a very beautiful uh, ceremony today at uh, at uh, St. Uh, George uh, at Windsor Castle, St. George Cathedral at Windsor Castle and and uh, I'll be talking about it all when I get back and I'll I'll tell everybody about it and uh, uh, Camilla was there, but King Charles the Second wasn't able to be there. But uh, it was it was a beautiful ceremony. Well, we, oh we my miss God, you, John! Great. We miss you. I miss seeing you across from me at the table here. Yes, we miss you. But I can't wait to hear about Camilla too. It's that's. I mean, how often wow, do you get yeah. a chance to meet a royal? No, John, I, yeah, yeah I, we, I can't wait to shake John's hand like I do every night. Now I'm going to be like not want to wash it. He's he's touched a royal. He's talked to a royal. How cool is but that, John? Was show, it cool? Wait, Rita, the show must go on. It must go on, but I can't wait to hear about it, John. We're thrilled that you're joining us. And now let's bring in former congressman from Michigan, Pete Huckstra. Uh, Pete, you know Michigan better than anybody. This is the first battleground state. Um, how important do you think it is? Um, first off, Trump far ahead of Nikki Haley, but how important is a big win for Trump? And what about the non-committed on the Biden side? Well, I think perhaps the most interest tonight uh, will be on the non-committed or uncommitted on the Democratic side. I think there are a lot of Democrats that were going to vote there anyway. Uh, even before what started happening in the middle, uh, the Middle East, they're not all that excited about Joe Biden. That's why Donald Trump is leading in the polls over jo- Joe Biden here in Michigan. I think uh, in Michigan, 
this is Trump country. Uh, the president's going to win by a significant margin. Uh, it doesn't matter really if it's 40 points or whether it's 50 points. You know, he's the presumptive nominee of the Republican Party. He's going to do great tonight. Uh, he's going to, uh, you know, but, you know, what it does is it demonstrates his strength uh, exactly where we need to be strong uh, this fall. We need to win throughout the Midwest. And Donald Trump is uh, positioning himself just to do that. Uh, Pete, talk about also why there have been a lot of these people who are saying non-committed. Even, you know, even the governor, uh, Gretchen Whitmer there in Michigan said she doesn't know how many people will vote for Joe Biden, which is an amazing comment because she's very close to the president because she knows there's been a lot of those protesters out there. They followed him to New York. He was uh, talking yesterday to Seth Meyers at NBC and they followed him there, um, but they're all over the place. They're not happy with his position supporting Israel, even though I contend he's been sort of waffling on that. Yeah, no, the uh, you know the uh, the Muslim community, the Palestinian community, uh, they they've been very upset with the president over his support of Israel. And you're you're right; uh, it, it may be somewhat waffling, but that you know that's for the president to wor- uh, to worry about right now, and for the Democrats. But, you know, also the, the UAW endorsed the president, uh, you know, a few weeks ago. And the head of the UAW came out uh, and said what? He said, there's a whole lot of my members that aren't going to vote for Joe Biden. So it's Gretchen Whitmer, the head of the UAW, uh, saying, hey, we think there's a lot of Democrats or union members who aren't going to vote for uh, Joe Biden. The president had a President Trump had a great meeting uh, I think it was last week with the Teamsters. I go way back. I've got a strong relationship with the Teamsters. These are uh, these are independent voters, and you know, they're, uh, the pre- President Trump's agenda is going to connect very, very well with them. Uh, so, uh, you know, uh, it's going to be an interesting today, you know, uh, election day, to see what some of the numbers actually end up being. But the real excitement now begins for the election in eight months, where Michigan is going to be a battleground state and where I think Donald Trump has a great chance of winning the electoral votes. Yeah, Michigan is such a huge state. You know, you know the other thing, too, Pete, as you're talking about all these protests and everybody, we're talking to uh, the great former congressman Pete Huckstra there, also former ambassador to um, Pete. You know, here was the president. What a contrast. Um, you know, we've seen President Trump in all these recent interviews, um, sharp as attack, answering very fluidly. And then yet there's President Biden. He's at an ice cream parlor yesterday. There was something that just felt so yucky about it. He's sitting there and then someone asked, well, um, you know, talk what's going on in Middle East. Well, there may be some deal on, you know, a ceasefire in Gaza as he's eating ice cream and fumbling. Uh, It's such a contrast. Uh, Yeah. Whoever does his prep work and says, hey, let's let's put him in an ice cream shop answering questions about war answering questions about this poor young girl that was killed in Georgia uh, and those types. Uh, uh, an ice cream shop would be the great setting for that. It's like, <laughs> right. no, I I don't think so. Okay. But the other, you do have breaking news, Rita, right now. Okay. What is that, Pete? Fill us in. The judge just ruled that Pete Hookstra is the chairman of the Michigan GOP and we have a preliminary injunction. So the woman who has been hanging on uh, to that position, even though she was voted out by the state committee, now has to leave. And uh, so I will be running the GOP 
and delivering it to Donald Trump and Republicans this fall. Congratulations. Bravo. Congratulations, Mr. Chairman. Bravo. And that is first, awesome. And first on your show, my the, the ruling came out at 534, and I think I came on with you at about 535. Breaking That's news. why we booked That's you. Breaking news. We, we had a good feeling. Me. Yes. <laughs> Pete, thank you very much. Congrats. Huge congrats. And uh, hey, he's in thanks. great Always hands. Good to talk to you. And he great. is in great, great hands with you, Pete. Uh, that is fantastic. Thanks so much, Pete. Touch. Thanks. Thanks so much. You know, John, it's going to be interesting to see what happens tonight. Um, because as, it, you know, with these people voting non-committed and, and listen, it, the timing of Joe Biden suddenly saying, well, maybe there is a ceasefire. It's like he's trying to throw them a carrot to try to influence politics right before the Michigan primary. Your thoughts about all this, John? Michigan is a very, very interesting state. Michigan is the one that helped screw up the oil economy of the United States of America. The governor there has always been uh, out and trying to just screw around with the pipelines, close down the pipelines. And uh, Michigan could go either way. And I hope it goes uh, President Trump's way. All right. Well, now joining us, guys, is Dr. Mark Siegel. Uh, Dr. Siegel, uh, we had you on. First of all, John is over there in London, so he's working on fish and chips for you, okay, because I know you want a good dinner. Oh, hold uh, on a minute. I actually have a restaurant suggestion to him. Oh. Listen, John, believe it or not, I think the best place for fish and chips in London is the Happy Halibut, and it's a local well, place. Tonight, for- tonight we went for Chinese food, and the food was phenomenal. Uh, Margo, what was the name of that restaurant? China Tank. China Tank. Try the Happy Halibut. You won't believe it. It's a local place. The best fish and chips I've ever had. No, tomorrow for lunch, uh, we're going to Milos. Ah, wait, 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 John, I got to ask a question. So first you told us you went to a French restaurant last night. You went today for a Chinese and then you're going for Greek. What about British food? Come on. British the happy halibut. The happy halibut. <laughs> Listen, he keeps going to all these restaurants. I'm going to have to go over there to check his blood pressure. <laughs> and I think he I needs need his. To, need and he to, needs his co-host. You know, usually I have Doctor Michalos by my side, but you know, you're welcome by my side too. All right, uh, we'll, we'll we'll switch off. How's that? Now, now uh, we got no. Right after uh, Milos, uh, we have a uh, our airplane standing by, and maybe maybe I'll make the five o'clock show. You never know. I wouldn't be sorry. If anybody can, you can, John. Uh, Dr. Siegel. Turn on the afterburners. <laughs> Just like they do in the movies, you know, whoop. Um, Dr. Siegel, before we let you go, real quick on the uh, norovirus, which is something that sadly I think a lot of people are all, all over the world having. Uh, and some people have this if they eat the wrong thing, too. Well, listen, I don't think John has to worry. He's not going to get it in London, but we're seeing it in the Northeast. And the problem is it's widely contagious. Uh, it's from food handling. You've got to wash your hands thoroughly. Uh, it's a fecal oral route. It actually can spread in the air, unfortunately, when people are really sick. It's nausea. It's vomiting. It's diarrhea. People get dehydrated, which is how elderly people end up in the hospital. There's no treatment, no cure, but there is being aware of it and staying away from other people if you have it. Again, and wa- washing your hands vigorously. Surprisingly, the CDC director told me that they are not checking wastewater to see how common it is. But I can tell you how common it is. It's all over New York right now. And it's uh, it's like 
the number one cause of, of uh, gastroenteritis. So we got to watch out for it. We got to stay hydrated. We got to drink our Gatorade. Doctor, In addition this... to having our fish and chips, we got to have our Gatorade. Hey, Doc, this is Craig Eaton. So what can we do to prevent it? Wash our hands. And what if you get it? How long does it last? 24, 48 hours? In the first 24 hours, you, you know, you, 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 first of all, you don't spread it till you have symptoms. Okay. So when you're sick, you're not, you, especially in the first day or two, that's when you really spread it. But you still can spread it for three or four days afterwards, up to a week afterwards. So I advise people to stay home. Now, everybody knows to stay home when they're vomiting or, or when they're having diarrhea. But when they're starting to feel better, you still should stay away from people for a couple of days. Thanks, Doc. Although uh, not if you're in London, right? London, you can't, you're safe, right? Well, London, he's not going to get it. I mean, he's, but he's, he, notice how he's not agreeing to try the happy halibut. I'm very hurt. <laughs> John, you got you got to respond to that. Well, no, we have no time. We're going to go to church again tomorrow morning for a mass for uh, King Constantine, who passed away, uh, and uh, Prince, Prince Pablo is coming. Then we're going to Milos, and then we're going to the airport. Maybe you could do it okay. to go. What about to go for the yeah. for the flight ride home? I'll, you know something? I'll, tell, I'll check with the stewardess. I'm going to tell them. What, what's it called? Happy halibut. Happy halibut. That, Happy because halibut. Okay. because here's the thing: it's fish and chips. It's fish and chips with local halibut. Can you imagine how good that is? That sounds really good. That sounds great. I could, uh, we got to go, you guys. Doctor Siegel, thank you for the suggestion. We'll see if John uh, brings some happy halibut back to the studio too. Yeah, that's the thing. I'm 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 all, all over restaurant advice and medical advice. You got it all going yeah, on, and, and we'll put it right next to the pizza <laughs> and the goya beans. Ooh, sounds good, Anthony. Uh, thanks, you guys, very much. Uh, Dr. Mark Siegel, we love having you on. Thanks so much. And John, stick with us. Andy McCarthy after the break. It's a common sense recap of the big stories. It's Cats and Cosby on 77 WABC. And we are back here on Cats and Cosby. And joining us now is the former assistant U.S. attorney for the Southern District of New York, Andy McCarthy. Uh, Andy, let's get right to it. You talked about some of the financial troubles, uh, sort of the uh, death penalty uh, business-wise against Trump, getting a bond with all of these things piling on him with uh, Letitia James and some of the other cases. Yeah, well, I think, Rita, it's just really unfair um, to not give this guy some time. We're not talking about like a $10,000 fine here. We're talking about uh, in two different cases, what will amount to, as you just put it, over half a billion dollars. And it's unreasonable, I think, especially at the New York state court to not give the former president some time to put together a bond, which is, which can be a complicated financial transaction. And it's really unreasonable under circumstances where it's not like the interest accrual is going away. You know, whenever he puts the thing together, he's still going to be paying a staggering $112,000 a day in interest. So I I just don't, the haste to nail this guy and make it as difficult as, as they can financially to me can only be explained just like the the prosecutions themselves can only be explained by politics. Yeah, they're just trying to nail them to the financial cross. And what a surprise. The next one is a uh, criminal case. Uh, John Katz. Well, you know, uh, this this whole thing is crazy. Uh, You know, before you were you guys were talking, 
It's called bizarro world. What's going on right now? And and we got to straighten out our country, and we got to straighten out our cities. I mean, it's crazy. It just doesn't make any sense. Judge Weinberg, Andy, what I'm really troubled by it seems to me that these uh, these penalties that have been imposed on on Trump are totally unreasonable and not giving him the opportunity to raise the money so he can appeal these is really denial of fundamental rights. What do you say? Yeah, I agree with that. I think that uh, I think, Judge, you were the first person um, that I heard mention this. And the more you think about it, the more irrefutable it seems. It looks like they're trying to make this a rush to judgment and make it difficult for him to put this uh, bond together because they're, they know they've brought a very novel potentially shaky case that the appellate courts might look askance at and they don't want him to be able to appeal. And if he can't put the bond together, then she's going to be able, that is the attorney general is going to be able to start collecting this judgment. Do you think they'd actually start seizing property, Andy? I mean, do you think it's going to actually get to that? Well, it would read it if it turns out that, um, that's, it seems so un-American. If he he doesn't bond it, they're going to, they're going to do everything they can to make his life miserable. By the way, I, I agree. I mean, look at the track record. Uh, That's uh, Craig, you have a question for Andy. Andy, uh, I'm an attorney here and I look at this case and, and what's glaring to me is where is the victim? There is no victim in this case. The banks got paid in full. They never complained. There's no victim. This is just. Pure political interference, political prosecution and persecution. Yeah, Craig, I think this is why the, this is a monstrous statute yeah, that they have yeah. in the civil law. Remember, this case was looked at by federal prosecutors and, and the Manhattan DA's office. Uh, the hush money case shows that Bragg is not ashamed to charge Trump with anything, right? But both prosecutors that looked at this case and decided it wasn't a criminal case and didn't bring it. Yeah, and by the way, now they're also looking at a gag order. Did you see this? Uh, Alvin Bragg put out saying that he would like a gag order against Trump in the criminal case, which is coming next. Uh, that's on March 25th. And people are going, well, wait a minute. What about a gag order then on Michael Cohen or all these other people? I, where do you see that going, Andy? Well, I think they looked at what happened in the federal case in Washington where a gag order was imposed and the appellate court upheld it. So Bragg figures if they got away with it, why not him? But I think it puts Trump in a ridiculous position where every other candidate can talk about his criminal cases except him. Yeah, you're right. Uh, Judge Weinberg, it just seems the whole thing seems so un-American. It's an interference with an election. It's horrible. It's interference, Andy, it's interference with an election. How can he campaign unless he can rebut these spurious charges against him? And, John, what were you saying there, John? To interfere with a presidential election is even worse. It's even worse. Yes, it is. At some point, I don't know, uh, Judge Weinberg, the one that Dean Happy, uh, that lawyer that he came up with. uh, The old old rich statute, yeah. I mean, uh, somebody, anybody's listening from the Supreme Court, somebody in the United States of America should stand up and say, this is ridiculous and you can't get in the middle of a presidential election this way. Yeah, and it, it is so transparent. I mean, here we're talking about the Michigan primary tonight and look at all this stuff. We're in the throes of it now. I, I mean, and he's clearly the uh, the leading candidate. It does seem so un-American. Uh, Andy McCarthy, thank you for joining us. 
Thank you. Thank, Thank you. you so much. And and John, uh, we need you to chime in from London. What do we all stand for? Truth, justice, and the American way. And, and John, you got to add God save the king. And and also God Camilla. save the king. Safe travels, Miss Tatumatidis. Thank you, John. Great to talk Safe with travels, you. My friend. We'll talk we miss to you, you tomorrow, John. Thanks so much. Everybody have a good night.